1: Visit enterprise.co.uk forward slash business to find out more.
2: This is TalkSport Daily.
3: Hello, happy Saturday, gang. Welcome, of course, to another Andy Goldstein TalkSport Daily podcast and the first one of the weekend. And we begin with the biggest fight of the year so far as Anthony Joshua AJ returns to the ring for the first time since beating Kurat Pulev. <clears throat> easy for me to say, in December last year. AJ will be taking on the unbeaten Ukrainian, Alexander Usyk, at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium tonight. And ahead of the huge fight, Joshua's promoter, Eddie Hearn, joined TalkSport Breakfast and said the heavyweight champion needs to be careful in this one.
4: Anthony... I'm coming for you, Anthony. And that's Tony Bernier, and finds the answer and his place the war
0: This will be.
5: Best boxer Anthony Joshua will ever face in his career. When it comes to natural, pure boxing, Alexander Usyk is the most pure boxer Anthony Joshua will ever face.
1: In boxing, a lot of the time, you knock their heart before you knock them out. You take something away from them. So it's not just about the power for me; it's just about like breaking him down and vice versa. This is a top-level fighter that,
0: that is very good on his feet, very a great thinker, and that's why I'm saying with AJ don't overthink it. You know, be smart, but but go in there and use your attributes, which ultimately is your size, your speed and your power. You know, AJ hits very very hard. If he starts landing clean on Alexander Usyk, this fight this fight will be over real yeah. quick. So that's that's the name of the game. He's a lot more sure of himself now yeah. than he was <laughs> when he went in, even when he fought Ruiz, but certainly when he was fighting Klitschko, he just relied on his strength and his heart. You know, now he can box, he can move. I just don't want to see him you know, he wants to show people how good he is in that respect. Just got to be careful against someone like Usy. Like The last person you want to skill off with is Alexander yeah. You know, Use your size, use your speed. Don't, don't have to be reckless, but any time he, he gets close to him, if it's in the clinch, if it's up against the ropes, he's got to nail him and he's got to slow Usyk's feet down. He's got to take his heart away from him. And ultimately, he's got to beat him up because that's what the game's all about, especially with the big boys.
3: Now Chelsea and Man City kick off TalkSport's coverage of game day today and the West Londoners will be hoping to finish the weekend still at the top of the table as they take on City for the first time since the Champions League final. You'll hear from the Chelsea boss Thomas Tukul ahead of the match and get Pep Guardiola's reflection on City's Champions League loss to the Blues back in May.
6: Manchester City and Chelsea are two of the best teams in Europe right now, about to do battle. What a finish from Romelu Lukaku! Welcome home, fella! Two goals on his return to
1: Chelsea and Stamford Bridge. There's still stuff to improve because everybody will improve in the league. It's the toughest league you can you can play in. And Kai Havertz is at the double for
2: Chelsea. It's a lightning quick start to the second half. I
1: think opposing coaches might
5: look at Chelsea's team and squad and think, oh, we're going to struggle to keep these at bay today.
1: For once, Pep's players fail to deliver. City were lethargic. I think, again, it just highlights the fact that we've not
0: brought an out-and-out striker. Greenish
1: puts it on his right foot and puts it in the back of
6: the net. When we're going to lose a game, we are going to say we need a strike. So what you have to do is try to play better, that we can do better.
4: It's Chelsea, it's Manchester City, and it is only
1: on TalkSport. Before we talk about the result, we need to focus on, on, on the input and on what we need to deliver. And then we need to accept that on, on this kind of level, in these kind of matches, you need a you need the momentum. You need a bit of luck. You need uh, close decisions on on your side, offside, no offside, post and in, post or out. So these kind these kind of things decide. And and tomorrow after the game, we can we can we can judge if it's uh, what result it is, if it's deserved or not. And then we can keep on going. But let's be honest. Like uh, if we win tomorrow, we will not be crowned as champions. And and uh, if, if City wins tomorrow, they will not be the champions, and we will not be like in in, in depression. It's an important match. Of course, and it's a big match, and it's match in in which we like to be involved on that kind of
6: level. We lost, but we played a great final. We missed a little bit to be more 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 precise in the last part, the last third of the game. But uh, we lost the second ball. The transition are so good in these uncertain balls, up and downs When you regain the ball, and after that they are able to regain again the ball, and after the. They make a quick, quick transition, so their structure defensively is so good uh, for the physicality they have, the movement they have, the quality in the short spaces. They, they control all departments, so that's why it was difficult in the final Champions League against exceptional teams.
3: Now, it was revealed yesterday that there are plans to put an end to football's 36-year ban on drinking alcohol in stadiums. Supporters have been unable to drink in stands since 1985 due to incidents of hooliganism former Crystal Palace chairman Simon Jordan and Arsenal-invincible Martin Keown reacted to the news and gave their thoughts on the matter while speaking to James White.
7: I'm not enamoured with the idea that the current situation particularly needs to change. You're going to a football match... The fans will tell you how important the football match is. And I understand that part and parcel of the spirit of football is entertainment and engagement. And they'll drink in the pubs outside the stadiums. And of course, the, the revenue that can be brought into football stadiums as a result of you know additional spend for things like this are part and parcel of it. But I'm not comfortable with it. If we believe that an undercurrent inside football has disappeared, then we're wrong. I don't think <laughs> this needs to happen. I don't think we need to even up what happens in one sports ground over another. There is no sport that has the tribalism, that has the energy and the vitality and sometimes the vitriol that football has. And mixing that with people wanting to drink more alcohol during the game, I don't think is a necessity and I don't see why we need to do it. Do we only encourage binge drinking to a certain extent, where I see people racing drinks down their neck, you know, on the concourse, rushing to their seats? So it does need to be looked at and I think it is time to look at it. But, you know, after maybe 10 years ago, when they change you know of course the Taylor report had changed all the stadium and it just seemed to be a different environment for fans and I think that we worked really hard on that. Yeah. I'm not quite sure the timing at the moment.
3: Rafa Benitez and Everton will face Norwich at 3 p.m. today as part of Talksport 2's exclusive coverage. That's exclusive coverage. The Toffees are without a win in their last three matches in all competitions and crashed out of the Carabao Cup on Tuesday after losing to QPR on Pens. Everton defender Michael Keane caught up with TalkSports Hugh Wozencroft ahead of this afternoon's match and he revealed what life is really like under boss Rafa Benitez.
6: I think he's changed our style of play. I think we're getting the ball forward more. I think we're looking more dangerous in attack getting crosses into the box, getting people into the box, making forward runs. I think we're doing a lot more of that than what we were last year. The manager's always teaching us really how to play his way and helping us improve as players so I think you'll you'll see a steady improvement from us throughout the season but I think it's it's been a good start.
2: How do you think your game has developed over the years?
6: I think I've matured a lot as a player. I think I'm obviously a lot more experienced now. I'm not old but I'm one of the older lads and I'm in the defence and one of the more senior players here now so i think I've, I've got a lot to give i've had a lot of good times a lot of bad times so I know how to work through both of them and as a player i think i've developed i've learned a lot positionally on the ball um, so yeah i think i think the more years you play in the premier league the more you learn all you're learning all the time coming up against different strikers and learning how to play against different types of players different styles of play so i think a lot of it comes with experience and I've got quite a lot of that these days, so it means I can help the others.
2: You were in very good form last season, though, and missed out on a place in Gareth Southgate's Euro squad with England. Did you did you feel maybe a little bit overlooked or ignored by the, the national team?
6: Uh, yeah, I did at the time. I, I thought I was in, like you say, I was in really good form, uh, probably the best form of, of my career, and I was in a lot of squads this time last year, so obviously I was disappointed not to not to be in the one in March, the squad in March, and then the Euros, um, I did all I could and it, it wasn't meant to be.
2: Has the England boss had a chat with you about the parts of your game that maybe he would want you to work on to be back in the England fold? Was there a conversation when you were left out of the England squad as to why?
6: Well when I was left out in March, I called him to to find out the reason why and we spoke about it. Um and a few a few things were said. Um but since then I've I've not spoken to him. Obviously he's been he was busy with the Euros and whether I'm still in the forts, I don't know. I hope so. I'm just focusing on Everton at the minute. I know if I play well here, consistently play well, then I can I can get back in the squad. So that's all I can do. If I just focus on my own game, then if that's meant to be, then it'll happen.
2: I know we spoke about the manager a little bit earlier on, but he's not the, the only new face at the club. Two of them, Damari Gray and Andros Townsend, have had an immediate effect. Can you quite believe how well they've hit the ground running?
6: I can't, to be honest. Uh, I knew they were both good players, but both of them... much uh, better than what I thought they were. Uh, I think it's probably the same for a lot of fans and a lot of people on the outside. I think they've surprised a lot of people with the impact they've made straight away. I knew they were both talented but the way Damari can take players on, his pace, his skill and his end product has been outstanding and the same for Andros. You see the goals he's scored, he's crossing off both feet. I think they're both perfect for the style of football we want to play.
3: Now let's take a little dip away from football, shall we? And listen to an important piece on men's hair. Hold on, I should have done this, shouldn't I? Anyway, Talksport reporter Sam Ellard caught up with Aussie cricket legend Shane Warne. And he had his say on a number of TalkSport presenters' hairdos, including mine. I need to have a listen to this.
1: Shane, at TalkSport, it might be radio, but of course now it's you know it's all, you know, Goffy, you should see Goffy honestly, but when he comes into the studio, everything, he wants to make sure his hair's looking good, everything goes up on social media now. Just in front of you, we've got yeah. some pictures of some TalkSport presenters. Yes. They spend loads of time on their hair. Do you know
5: who that is? Who is it? That's Ray Parler. Ray, oh, okay. Well, he's receding a little bit here, so we could actually, we could definitely help you, Ray. So come in,
1: please. Right, <laughs> next one. So that is our breakfast show presenter. That's Alan Brazil now. I know
5: Alan, I know Alan Bell. Yes, the Al. I mean, you want that hair back? My man Carl here at Advanced Hair can give you that <laughs> within seven days. So come in, Al. We can fix you up. He's a good man, Alan. I love, he's a good man, Al. Right, okay. Next one.
1: That's Trevor Sinclair. Now,
5: yes, I talking
1: about swag, he might not have any hair, Trevor Sinclair. But I think Trevor pulls off the board. Look good, Shane. What do you reckon? Yeah,
5: I think he does. I, you know, if he wanted to have some hair, we could give him some hair, but at the moment, as I said, some people can rock the bald look. He's rocking it. He's got some <laughs> swagger with it. It's okay. And, you know, it's all about your confidence. So he feel confident like that? Absolutely. If I look like that, I wouldn't be too confident. <laughs> Do you know who that is? Tell me. Darren Bent, former England striker. Oh, Darren, yes. Okay. Looks pretty good. He's got, some ni- he's got some nice little shave bits on the side okay. there. It's nice. No, he looks pretty good like that. Mm-hmm. Not much we can do that. Maybe a bit different style. We can give him some options, but he looks pretty good.
1: Now, the next one here, this yes. is Andy Goldstein. No one cares more about other hair on Talksport than Andy Goldstein, so please be brutally honest about Andy Goldstein. Andy, I mean, the 80s were a few years ago.
5: A long time ago. <laughs> I know sometimes we think the 80s is only 20, 30 years ago, but it's actually 40 years ago. <laughs> Come in and see us. We can actually fix you up and give you a proper hairstyle for the 2020s at the moment. It's 2021, champ. <laughs>
3: Now, would you believe it, 18 years ago this week, we saw the Battle of Old Trafford unfold in 2003. Earlier on in the week, I spoke with Arsenal Invincible. Ray and got his take of the iconic clash when United and Arsenal players traded blows. They didn't. Arsenal players traded blows. Disgusting. Should have all been sent off, the lot of them. Anyway, one man that was at the forefront of all the drama that day was Mr Martin Keown. Told you it was Arsenal's fault. Here's what he made of that day back in 2003.
7: There. It's not accurate in terms of who started it. Who started it, you have to go all the way back to Patrick Vieira being sent off. Yeah. Van Nisseroy, Fane's injury. You could say it's cheating. He goes down and Patrick Vieira is sent off. And then after that, it was like the Alamo because they saw they had a chance to win the game. Yeah, There's a penalty, which you could argue wasn't a penalty, which I'm involved in. A um, few finger pointing from some of my teammates and then he misses. And of course, then he's the figure of hate really because he's we're only in that position we feel because he's got one of our colleagues sent off, Ruben Viseroy. People say, do you regret? I don't really regret anything in my life, you know? Um, you look back, if it was right then, it's right now. I, you know, when I make my decisions, that's how I am. Uh, I don't really enjoy what what it might represent uh, and then what it meant to the football club in terms of fines, in terms of suspensions. Lauren got four games, I got three games, Vieira one game, Parla one game. It's unbelievable when I mean, you look back at it. Uh, Two hundred seventy-five thousand pounds worth of fines. Oof. But um, something that people, little little of people, know that actually I was only earning twenty-five percent of my wages was like a flat fee. The rest, eighty-five percent, the rest of it, seventy-five percent, came in appearance money. So it was actually costing me far more.
3: Well, that's it. Thanks for listening on the TalkSport app or wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm back on my show, one of them, Andy Goldstein's Sports Bar, on Monday night from 10pm. Taking your calls with the fun boy, Jason Cundy. Don't forget, of course, it's a huge day of football across the TalkSport network as we bring you exclusive coverage of Chelsea against Man City at half past 12. Man United against Aston Villa on TalkSport 2 at the same time. Everton against Norwich at 3pm on TalkSport 2. And Brentford v Liverpool at half past five back on TalkSport. There will, of course, be another one of these Andy Goldstein Talksport daily podcasts at first thing in the morning, so do what you've got to do to get it. Until then, thanks for listening. Have a great day. And until then, be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from
4: Talksport.